0: Welcome to the Good Shepherd and the Child Podcast, where we explore the spirituality of the Christian child through the method of catechesis of the Good Shepherd. I am your host, Kiri Meki Lozano. Today, my dear friend Kathleen Tong joins us on the podcast to talk about how she has been using the method of the catechesis of the Good Shepherd in her work in prison ministry, and the response and the witness that has been happening from our brothers and sisters that she has been serving in the prison. I hope you enjoy. Kathleen, welcome to the Good Shepherd and the Child podcast. Thank you. Excited to be here. I'm excited that you're here. Uh, Kathleen, tell everybody who you are and how you got involved with Catechesis of the Good Shepherd.
1: Well, I'm a mom in Bernie, Texas, and I'm parishioner of St. Peter, the Apostle Catholic Church. And back in about 2003, I was invited by a young lady that was over a formation at the time to attend a Good Shepherd formation class. And being a new mom and really knowing that I was responsible for bringing up my child in the Catholic faith. I was like out cradle Catholic and all, but I really didn't have much of a spiritual life outside of mass and an occasional Bible study. So I was Mm -hmm. like, okay. (laughs) And uh, from there I had the most incredible awakening and I was listening to Carol Nyberg and Autumn Domain present parables and the city of Jerusalem and liturgical calendar, and the next thing you know, I'm drawn into the work, and it's it hasn't stopped. 18, 19 years later.
0: <laughs> and you've done a lot. You've continued. You did all three levels, and then you went on to do the MAPS, the Master's and Pastoral Studies with an emphasis in Catechesis of Good Shepherd from Aquinas. Like, you just kept on going. <laughs>
1: well, you know, it was all because I was invited, and I probably would have never had the confidence or, or the even... The motivation to do it. But each time along the way, somebody invited me to do something. And, mm-hmm. and that was the catalyst to keep me moving forward.
0: Yeah, yeah. I am a big believer in the personal invites that we could put things in the bulletin and we can make announcements. But it's the going up to someone and saying, hey, I think that this could change your life. I think that you would love this. Yes. That I feel like that is the most... Um, The bet—I mean, that's the way Jesus did it, you know. So that's a good model to follow.
1: Yeah, I was just no, I I agree. Uh, You know, he's, he's he's perfection.
0: Right, right. Let's follow that. Well, tell me, Kathleen, how did you get involved in prison ministry?
1: Well, that in itself is a pretty interesting story. But when I was back after my maps class and continuing with my spiritual direction formation, I was sort of uneasy about all the things I was doing. I had an incredible practicum that just really opened my eyes to the suffering in the world. And, you know, I have to tell you, I was a pretty naive Christian Catholic about things going on outside of my safe little world. And I was invited by a catechist's husband to go with him who had been going in for years every week without fail to um, serve the Uh, offenders in the unit with faith formation and his primary uh, focus was getting them through RCIA because believe it or not there are some pretty amazing guys that are offenders and Mm -hmm. you know we have all these stigmas associated with them and judgments and stuff and so I was one of those people and I'm thinking to myself holy moly I'm being asked to really get go outside my comfort level And I started praying really hard to the Holy Spirit. You know, maybe this was the the avenue that he wanted me to take, because I had been sort of figuring out where do I fit with all (laughs) all Mm -hmm. the education parts of it. And we go, we've set up all the criteria, which is the hardest hurdle is dealing with the government and getting your clearances and figuring out what you're going to do. And then asking permission to bring good shepherd materials into a, a, a prison. Now, that was a new one, Right. (laughs) <laughs> so, um, it was amazing. We, um, it was a big deal. You know, often we, we think it's a big deal for us to go in and, and serve the men, but really and truly carry the gift of the whole invitation was that what it did to me, it, I got more out of it than probably I brought to them. Mm. But anyway, the joy was exchanged on both sides. And the husband gives me sort of a pep talk as we're driving two hours to the unit. And don't be offended if, it, if they think it's childish and stuff like that. So obviously he had a perspective of the work that we're doing. But, you know, having come out of these formation classes and stuff, we see conversions of adults constantly in this work. And mm-hmm. so I went in and I sat down and there was about a dozen men around these two tables, all in white. Um, they uh, were very respectful and they were very respectful of the gentleman that brought me in. And the idea was to figure out what they needed and how what I knew could help them do what they needed to do. So these would be called inside facilitators, but they're offenders because we don't have enough volunteers going in. We have to use the Catholic community on the inside and help cultivate their formation, so to speak, as a catechist so that they can you know, become more effective in the work. I sit down, I talk to each one by name, find out really what their hot buttons are. And then we begin the baptism presentation. And if you can picture me carrying in sacramentals, Mm -hmm. you can picture me carrying in the level two, some of the level two work and then the level three um, accordion cards. Mm -hmm. So we're at this table and I start with the level one presentation and, and the words that we're saying. And I bet I don't get into the presentation for three minutes. And the guy that's classified as the education coordinator for this group stops me. And I just sort of, my, you know, my whole head starts just like, oh, well, Holy Spirit, I didn't <laughs> make it very far. I'm so <laughs> sorry. I tried. And he stops me because he goes, wait a minute. What is all of this? about baptism and, he, you know, and then he starts talking and come to find out he's never been in a Catholic church. He's never mm. been in a church. He was baptized and celebrated all of his sacraments on the inside. So a mm. font for him was a bowl of water. Mm. Um, you know, having the sacramentals and, and the oils, they, that's not, that that's not even, if, as long as they had the words, of the Trinity and the water, you know, they were done. So when we started going through all of these stages and stuff, there's these 12 men, there's one young kid. I bet he's probably in his late 20s. The the men, as I start doing the accordion part of the presentation, and mind you, this is almost three hours later. They are just sucking it up. <sighs> we're going through the prayers and, you know, the responses, the black and the red and how this all goes. And they are just just so engrossed in the words and they start baptizing this young guy with using his name as the fill in the blank. I mean, we've got some guys in there that probably have been in 25 years and Mm. then you've got some that have been in for 15 and some of them will never get out. And I was just watching all of this happen. And I was just on the bystander at this point. But then we get to the part about the doors and we get to the font and we get to the parts about the Eucharist and they're, they're having this discussion about what was the order and what's the cross, what's the little cross and a big cross. All of these things started illuminating because now they had images to sort of go with some of the things they understood, but they didn't really understand. Mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm.
1: So long story short with that, when that was done, They they were on fire and they asked me right then, what day can you start coming back? We need you here every week. (laughs) And, you know, here I am um, a little over three years, almost four years later, continuing going in each week. And I, the Holy Spirit did it because even during COVID, for some reason, I was one of the few volunteers that was able to get in every single Monday. Wow. And sometimes I had 10 because the COVID shut down a particular part of the unit or, you know, a particular side, but sometimes now I have about 78. So, wow. <laughs> um, it's, it's, it's really tremendous opportunity and so much need. And it was just wonderful. It was
0: wonderful. Wow.
1: So that was one of my first experiences and that's really how I got into it, you know, sort of circumvent the whole thing. But so you're sort of doing, like baptism one, two and three, and you're expecting to only do one. And the next thing you know, you you know, cause I was the second week I was going to do two and the third week I was going to be three, but oh my goodness, it just,
0: they were hungry. yeah, It it
1: was. And and then, you know, so in three hours you're doing three presentations and when you go out, you're not even that exhausted because you're on Mm. such an incredible high of euphoric excitement about their excitement about the Good Mm -hmm. Shepherd. So it was Mm -hmm. really neat
0: that sounds neat. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds very Holy spirit led. Oh,
1: totally. Uh, otherwise. And that's, that was sort of fun. Cause then you're going home with the gentleman that brought you. And I think he was also surprised, you know, thinking that mm-hmm. these guys are thinking what I'm doing is for young people, but that's what, um, you know, we, we talk, I even talked to the guys, you know, they know that I worked with the children. They have no qualm, they said, well, we're children. We we have, you know, new people coming in that are one to three and three to six and six to nine. So they sort of identify in their journey with that level, one, two, and three. So it's sort of cool. They're, they're just yeah. taking it on. It, and it's becoming its own thing to some. And I try to, you know, stay definitely, um, make, protect the integrity of the materials and, and the presentations and stuff. But you do, I think the hardest thing is, um, trying to prepare a sacred space mm. um, is really difficult in an environment like that. So you know it's going to always be right now. You know one presentation at a time because you just can't do right. it. But right, it, you know you have some limitations and you just sort of work around them.
0: So what what are some adaptations that you've had to make then? Um,
1: well, I can't say that I've had to adapt a material. So what I would do is go to my atrium. <laughs> I pull out all the materials that are going to go with the pre- presentation. I lay it out on my white rugs and then identify it in what's called a, a, a it's a government document you have to send in ahead of time. And I take pictures mm-hmm. because there's no way I could identify every single thing, but I want them to know I'm, this is what I'm bringing in and this is what I'm bringing out.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And so I take pictures, I'd send it a worth of the request and, um, then they would tell me, okay, yes or no. And I think probably the that's the biggest adaptation is carrying it in and then trying to set it up because you're setting it up. Um, I would bring my white rugs in, which have now been confiscated by the auditors because they call them a weapon. So I don't have my white rugs anymore, but you know they'll come back at one point. That's one of those you know temporary hurdles. Right. So then you you sit there and set it up, but you don't let the work get distorted. It just sits there and you sit quietly with it, with all the guys circled around. They have no idea what's going to happen. And then when we start beginning the the presentation, it it just sort of unfolds itself, but it's in a room that's sort of noisy. Mm -hmm. And, you know, when you get upwards of 20, 25 guys Um, around that circle and you've got door slamming and things like that. I would tell you, that's the biggest adjustment. It makes it very difficult to have that quiet spiritual reflection, Mm -hmm. but I think they're more used to it than I am. So for them, it's not as big of a deal as it is to me.
0: So for their work or for their response to the presentation, Mm -hmm. is it the discussion amongst the group or do they get to, how, how have you done that part of it?
1: Well, when you're in the presentation, you're wondering with them and you're always asking those questions. And some of the guys, you know, it just sort of depends because depending on who you have in there, some might be intimidated to speak in front of another man. Mm -hmm. But once the the strong will guys start talking, those are the hardest ones to engage, by the way. But when Mm -hmm. they start talking, it sort of says, okay, that boundary is down. I can start talking. And then you just sort of let them ask and feedback and respond and you watch, um, where those conversations are going because you don't want them to go down a rabbit hole or anything, but you, you just sort of listen to them, start really seeing things in the work that you want them to see, but you Mm -hmm. don't have to announce it or anything right then. and, And that's what I think the response piece is. The other thing that they're doing, um, sometimes I make up those little, you know, half page type journals that they could do because you have to be careful about giving them paper and stuff like that. So my paper is the cash register tape that we use like in level three. So I carry a roll of cash register tape. I never have a problem getting it in and I let them tear off as big a piece as they want. And then that's what they write with because they can have pencils. And so they will sit there and they typically bring their Bible or whatever and we try to give them some time to reflect on it. I definitely get them to do the work and touch the material. Mm-hmm. And that in itself has an incredible value when they're working together as a team. They, that and it, the way that the communication starts, because now they're able to laugh at each other when they don't get it right. It, you know, they, they mm-hmm. sort of catch each other. I don't have to say, well, listen, what if we try to hear anything like that? They tend to, figure that out and then they correct it and mm-hmm. they're not afraid now to not be the coolest guy in the in the room right right so you break it's the holy spirit does all of that it's not me and i think the material does it that's so neat um, one of the best examples of that is the memorial presentation mm-hmm. because um now the classification of what i'm been permitted to do is called mass reflection so we have mass on mondays and then they're in lockdown until count clears, so i they are literally not able to do anything can't move into another place for two and a half to three hours. so I take that time optionally if they want to join, and I go in part of the what's called big huge chapel. I take a section of the chapel and I lay out the memorial rug and we start talking about the cynical and you know the last supper and and start. Let them sort of draw into how the mass started, and you know how the images are are laid out with the description and the prayer, and then we go through the apostolic succession. well, once I did that and gave them the the images, I always hand them out, let everybody you know put it together and i I would sort of select guys and I say, "Okay, you're going to work with him, and so nobody's singled out for not knowing something Mhm-. They start working and they put that all together. And I think that is probably one of the presentations that has stood with them the longest, because to this day, I still get responses back from them about, I get it now and how Mm. this all came about, because I'm not real sure how or what level, uh, you know, in our CIA, all of that succession is really brought to surface without the images. You know, Mm -hmm. you can't be an auditory learner in a lot of respects. So that's been an incredible gift, having the materials
0: to do that kind of work. Sure, sure. I think even us as adults in formation, the materials really brought to light something that we've heard our whole life. We're like, oh, Wow. I've I never see seen it, it yeah. that way. Right. I can see it now. I can see it. Yeah. That's so neat. So you alluded to it a little bit at the beginning about your maps course and how it kind of led into this. But how did the formation of that master's program help you in this new work that God has called you to?
1: You know, I have to credit really and truly the growth as a catechist, um, continuing through that. I was still so naive, even having been a catechist for many years, going into that MAPS program. And I think that probably the best way of looking at that for me was at a way of seeing the human person as, as a big, um, I don't even know how to describe it, as an unfinished piece of work that hmm. needed to be sculpted and molded. So that they would have more of an understanding of what their own qualities and charisms were before trying to go out and do what you were taught, you know, not mimicking something, but living it in, in who you were too. Mm-hmm. And not trying to be something you couldn't be because it just wasn't who you are. So you have to do um, a lot of self-reflection and things in, in that MAPS program. And I was going back and as I was reflecting on this question and thinking about that, we have this incredible professor named Rabbi Berry and anybody who has gone through maps will know who I'm talking about, but he would, when we would do our weekly discussions, he would add these incredible comments to the discussion about how the Jewish perspective would look at something like this or read these words and what they would be hearing. And when you start getting an understanding more deeply of that perspective, it really roots you deeper in your Catholic faith. Because now, not only is it what we've been told in in formation as a catechist, but now we're seeing some of the things still living out today and how that happens. And I started uh, capturing all of his comments between all the discussion groups. And I made this document and I actually made it. With his support, and I've kept it. And once in a while, you know, people will talk to me about it. So I send this document off because particularly when you're doing like typology work and you're mm-hmm. trying to connect the old and the new and, and things, having that perspective has really enriched scriptures for me. And then the another, you know, you have Carla Mae Streeter and oh, you have such an incredible group of a lineup of professors. It's just such a gift. Then I had this guy named Professor Berman. And he taught foundations of pastoral care. Well, I wasn't really focused on what pastoral care was as a catechist. You know, I'm just focused Mm -hmm. on, am I doing the presentation right? Am I following Mm -hmm. the album page? Is it? Well, what he brought out is the the biopsychosocial spiritual piece of every single human being. And that all of those things have to be intact to really grow to your full potential. And how you recognize when there's, you know, a fracture in any part of it and how you sort of really attend to that. So what I'm able to do with that is when I'm working with an individual, an offender, and you're trying to be the person listening to that offender, you recognize where those fractures are. And, you know, you might be able to offer a scripture or you might be able to to take that and meet them where they are and say, what if we go back to the Eucharist and, and, you know, tie it to a mass or something like that and help them, you know, recognize that look outward as opposed to inward. And, and that's where you're going to be totally healed. And by doing that, it takes the eye off of you and and you recognize and contend to other things that God has intended for you. So I I think that was the third. And the third thing, which I am now doing is probably the most valuable Um, are you familiar with theological reflection? Mm -hmm. So theological reflection was towards the end of our maps curriculum. And it was a process to actually learn how to really peel back the onion of your own experience, life experience that was really affecting you in certain ways. And then we did these practicums and holy cow, um, Mm -hmm. you know, of course I didn't do the easy way. I, I, that, you know, I pushed myself beyond what I really should have probably pushed myself at that point. (laughs) But um, in hindsight, I think God had already seen all of this work coming to a big culmination in me. And after the practicum and the spiritual theological reflection, excuse me, that we had to process we had to go through from tending to the voices after you write down the narrative and figuring out and connecting images you know killing in the beer and all these guys i I think what has happened with that whole process it's it's become very innate in me Mm -hmm. and now for these facilitators that i'm working with remember i told you there it's an inside group of catholic community men that you're trying to, they they have the academic, they have the knowledge of the Catholic faith, but helping that formation inside of them to where they can surface things that maybe happened to them as a young child. Uh, You know, most of them are horrendous stories as children, horrendous, Mm -hmm. no family or maybe don't know who their father is. I could just go on and on, but when they can surface these things and then draw it through all those voices and then, you know, come and share it in in this intimate group and then other people can witness to it and see other things and draw images and find tradition and culture and all of those things, all of a sudden it's like a big weight that's lifted because they realize I've been holding myself back as opposed to allowing myself to, to sort of grieve this piece and get through it and move forward so that I can be a source of, of comfort to someone else. And mm-hmm. it you can really see a transformation in a peaceful transformation in these guys as we go through it. So my vision at, at this point is continuing to perfect that in, in myself and in them and, and making that our, our continual formation piece so that down the road, I would love to be able to have spiritual director come in for an hour a month for each of these men
0: mm-hmm.
1: and and allow them to continue to grow in that 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 journey because mm-hmm. it can only serve the peers that they're in front of and it, it's contagious. Yeah. It becomes yeah. I want to come to the Catholic Mass or I want to be with these guys. They're happy all the time. You know, yeah. that type
0: of thing. Yeah. Yeah. It sounds like, you know, how in our formation for in the atrium We're taught about the development of the child and how to observe the child and respect of the child. It sounds like that's what you are doing for these adults. It's learning who is this adult that's in front of me? Who is this whole person that's in front of me? How do I observe them? How do I follow their lead? It's it's beautiful. It's I like I can it's almost like I can see a golden thread through your life, Kathleen, of God forming you here and then here and calling you more here and calling you more here and then okay, let's do this masters program and develop you in a really intense way and then look at this beautiful work now I have for you, Kathleen. That so few people will would feel comfortable doing. You definitely are the, such a great person for this. Like <laughs> You and all of your passion. It's so beautiful to see that golden thread of God calling you deeper and deeper. And then now this beautiful work that he's given you. I just, I love
1: it. Well, it, I, it is such an incredible blessing for me. And and talk about purpose. I mean, it's it's uh, infinite. It's infinite. Yeah. So this is the work you can do all the way up to the end kind of thing. And and yeah. just constantly give you a purpose to live. It's wonderful. Yeah.
0: Yeah, because it's it's about relationship, you know, yeah. and that's what I think this work has taught us from the very beginning from our first level one formation. It's about a relationship and it's being called and yeah. called by name again and again and again, and we're just following. And it just kind of leads us into this really deep depth of a relationship with God <laughs> and the person in front. Of. It's just, I love it. I love it. And I love the way that it's manifested for you. It's and I hope that more, I hope this inspires more people to to think about participating in this ministry in their area in this way. Like, I just, I think that the Good Shepherd can be so healing and it sounds like it is for you and for these men <laughs> that you're working with. And I just, I hope it inspires other people. Well,
1: let me give you one more little uh, experience. It was, it'll make you, it'll just really make you laugh. So you picture me coming in with my clear plastic bag. I finally got that approved so that I could carry my stuff. You should see me. I would have correctional officers helping me carry my stuff in because I couldn't carry bag in, right? Right. So I'm carrying in my, um, the old picture we used to use for the mustard seed. Do you remember that? with The little frame. Well, I forgot to take the glass out and that's Mm. a no-no, but we'll get past that. I had my little box with my box in it with the mustard seeds. So you're going through security. And they're checking you out. And they, all they see is an empty box. They don't see my ah, seats, right?
0: What are you doing with this lady? Yeah,
1: so I'm, I, they always know when I'm coming in. They, they just like, what are we doing today kind of thing sometimes. <laughs> and, and so they're just looking at my stuff. So I walk on in. And after mass we everybody's all excited. They pull their chairs in a circle. I put down my white two rugs. And then I put the picture face down. And I have the boxes on my white rug. And then we start the scripture study, reading about the parable. And so, I mean, this is the level one presentation from start to finish. And that's one album page I know I have correct. Anyway, <laughs> uh, they they read it, we ponder it, we look at it, and then we're getting ready to read for the second time. So I stand up and I take my little box and I figure if you can have an image of a circle, i bet we had close to thirty men in this circle, so it's not a small, intimate group, right? It's a little mm-hmm. bit bigger than you would think. So I start going over to each man, and the, I have two Catholic field ministers now, and so they don't know what they what I'm going to do, but they know they need to stay close to me. Mm-hmm. And so I I said, "Now stick your finger in the box." And you know, these guys are tattooed up; they have <laughs> they're big masculine goods and stuff like that. But I'm old enough to be their grandmother, so it's sort of fun. I, I, they put their finger in there and they don't know what's on their finger. And I said, look at that. And they're like, what? And I'm, I'm saying, look, you see that little speck right there? And so the field minister gets a piece of tape. He puts it on the, on the speck and he gives the guy the, the tape. I keep going around and around and around and around. I get about three quarters of a round and the guy, they're starting to catch on that that is the mustard seed. And they can't believe how small it is. So about three quarters around, the guy puts his fingers in and oh, I didn't get one. I didn't get one. And I'm like, oh, yes, you did. And the guy next to him goes, you got two. Yeah. <laughs> so these are big. They're, they're just big guys. And he's like, there it is. There it is. And he's showing the guy next to him the seat. So they put this, they, they basically put one back. The guy next to him makes him put <laughs> the other seed back in the box. So we get around, we get around, we finish, we read it again and we reflect on the words and they're looking at the seed now. So I take that picture and I hold it real close to me so that all the other guys can't see it yet. And I hold it up to each man individually as I walk around. And I, and I said, do you see the mustard seed? I wonder where the mustard seed is because they see the birds and they see the kids and they're pondering, where's the mustard seed, you know? And then all of a sudden, and I don't tell them about, Oh, I'd say four or five guys down, six guys. That's it. And he, you know, he sees the tree. He finally Mm -hmm. figures out it's the tree. So I keep going and going around and you should have heard the conversations no way, man, that's a tree. you know, it was just, it was beyond what they could possibly imagine. And you really heard that scripture come alive just in the comments. And you're just sitting there going, God, you're doing all the work. And I am just getting so much thrill out of watching this. And it was fun. I mean, to see all of that childlike awe come yeah. sparring out of these huge men. So I have to tell you, um it is as great a gift for me to go in there as it is for me for them to be have me there, you know. It's just wonderful.
0: Yeah. Isn't that the beautiful thing of serving? And then
1: officer, I won't tell your last name, but she comes in. Hey, McDonald. You know, she's yelling at me. She goes, Come here. And I'm like, Oh boy, I'm in trouble. Yeah. And she's <laughs> and she says to me, Hey, you can't have glass on that picture. Get the glass on that picture. I'm not gonna tell anybody, get the glass on that picture. Uh, <laughs> So I'm like, you know, all doing because oh, you're no. on camera and everything. So you're like right. trying to be really cool. And so I got the glass out and I very discreetly put it away in my Bible so it won't break and get it out of there. <laughs> but, you know, you live and learn. It's, it's, right. So far, I haven't right. been kicked out yet. So we'll just yeah. keep going till
0: God has another plan for me. Oh, I love it. I love this so much. You are the perfect
1: person to do this. (laughs) I don't know, but it's definitely, uh, it's definitely a life experience that I will never forget.
0: Yeah. Well, thank you for sharing your story with us, but also thank you for doing this really important work. This is definitely an area of the body of Christ that is most neglected. And I love that you guys are serving in this way. I think it's really beautiful. I
1: just, I Mm -hmm. just, I'm so grateful for the catechesis of the good shepherd and, and hopefully, um, keeping all of its integrity intact as I try to plow through all of
0: this. So Mm -hmm. always learning. Mm -hmm. Always learning. Always learning. I love it. And that personal invitation, it brought you here. I love it. Yeah. Well, thank you, Kathleen. Thank you so much for sharing with us today. It was
1: was great being with you, Carrie. Thank you for having me.
0: I hope that you all enjoyed listening to Kathleen speak about her work of using CGS in prison ministry, and I really hope that it inspires some to get involved in prison ministry. It is such a needed and important and beautiful work. In the Catechesis of the Good Shepherd, we have 32 points of reflection, and these are intended to represent the principal aspects of the catechesis as they have developed after more than 65 years of work with children of different countries and cultures and socioeconomic backgrounds. Kathleen's work of using this in prison ministry is a beautiful example of characteristic number 26 in action, which is, the primary commitment of the catechist is working with the children in the atrium. However, This commitment also leads the catechist to be open to the needs of the catechesis in general and making him or her responsive to other forms of service, which can be necessary. I know there are many different catechists who have used CGS in this different forms of service. That have become necessary and it's really beautiful to see the ripple effects of this work and all of those different avenues and Kathleen's story is a great example of that. Here in just a few weeks on August 16th, we have a summer catechist study day. Now this is for members of CGS USA. So if you are a member, you are able to participate in this summer catechist study day. If you're not yet a member, please come join us as a member. There are so many beautiful benefits. So This summer catechist study day is on August 16th from 7 to 9 p.m. Eastern time via Zoom. And this is an opportunity to hear some thoughts on sustaining the catechesis of the Good Shepherd in a parish. That is the topic for this study day. Our CGS USA National Director, Mary Marioni, will be speaking, and she has had 19 years of service as a Director of Catechesis of the Good Shepherd in a large parish in Arizona. And so she will be speaking to us during this study day. So I invite all of you to come with us and participate in that really neat opportunity. I will have a link in our show notes if you would like to sign up. This podcast is sponsored by the United States Association of Catechesis of the Good Shepherd. We would like to thank all our contributing members because you are making this podcast possible. If you would like to know more about Catechesis of the Good Shepherd, or if you would like to become a member, please go to cgsusa.org. Our memberships include lots of different benefits, including getting the annual journal, having access to the material manuals if you have been part of formations for those levels. We even have a section in the members only section that have recorded songs for us to sing with the children in the atrium. Lots of beautiful benefits. So go to cgsusa.org if you would like to become a member. Thank you all for joining us. We will see you in two weeks. Go fall more deeply in love with God.